Joshua, Joshua chapter 11, uh, but just a few more chapters left in the story of how Joshua takes the land. Uh, Joshua finishes up the land here in Joshua 11, and the rest of the book we'll talk about the rest of it in the next couple of weeks. But um, we studied, we, we have been studying the conquering of the north, but tonight we'll finish the conquering of the north, how, uh, how this takes place. So if you've got your Bibles, Joshua chapter 11, we're going to read verses number 7 all the way down um, to verse number 11, okay? Uh, and the Bible says, So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the way, by the waters of Merom, uh, suddenly, and they fell upon them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them unto the great Zidon, and mm, a word that I do not know how to pronounce, and unto the valley of Mizpah eastward, and they smote them until they left none remaining. And Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. He hoed their horses and burnt their chariots with fire, and Joshua at the time turned back and took Hazor and smote the king thereof with the sword. For Hazor before time was the head of all those kingdoms. And they smote all of the souls that were therein with the edge of the sword and utterly destroying them. There was not any left to breathe. And he burnt Hazor with fire. Now we'll continue to read just two more verses. And all the cities of those kings and all the kings of them did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed them as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded. <laughs> but as far but as for the cities that stood still in their strength, Israel burned, and none of them save Hazor only, that Joshua that did Joshua burn. Now, if you'll notice just a couple of things in this text, in verse number seven, you will see that Joshua, or the word so, how it starts in verse number seven, Joshua immediately did what he was told to do. Uh, he went immediately to go into war. And Joshua came and all the people of war with him, and they went against them of the waters of Merom. Uh, and so now as you look at this, uh, again, it's one of those things that Joshua did exactly what God wanted him to do. Uh, it's, it is interesting to me to note that every time it talks about Joshua, Joshua did according to the word of the Lord. Joshua did according to what was commanded. Joshua did all that he was supposed to do. I think that there's an importance of a few things. One, it's an importance of the word of God. How important is the word of God in our life? Do we follow the word of God? Do we try our best to, to do what the word of God says, just like Joshua did here? And he did exactly what the Word of God told him to do. And I believe, and this is one of the things that's so important uh, as a Christian that we need to do is to continue to preach the message. The message shouldn't change. That message is the gospel. And so whether, whether, there's, whether it's famine or whether it's feast 
or whether it's mountain or whether it's valley or whether it's rain or whether it's shine, the message still should not change. And that message is the Bible. That message is the gospel. And this should never change. Uh, as Joshua, he continued to do God's word. Even if it didn't seem like it was going to work out, he still did what God told him to do. Even if it didn't, if it seemed like he was overwhelmed, he still did what God wanted him to do. Even though it seemed the enemy was advancing, guess what he did? He did exactly what God wanted him to do. So many times we find ourselves in that position where it seems like the enemy is advancing or it seems like we're not winning or it seems like uh, we're losing or it seems like that ah, is going on and we forget how important God's word is still to us today. That's why I had a good following. That's why. That's right. That's right. No matter what comes, what's important? No matter if it's failing, what's important? Whether it produces, whether it, whether it empties the auditorium or it fills the auditorium, what should the message be? Obedience. God's Word. God's Word. It, it, God's Word is absolutely, uh, whether it empties it or fills it, it, it ought to be that is what is true. Now, not only do we see that, that in verse number 7, uh, they, Joshua came, but then also in verse number 8, to go along with that, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel. Who won for Israel? The Lord. The Lord did. Now, let me ask you something with all this we've read. Uh, did you see a great miracle? Did you see hailstones? No. Do you see water parting? No. Do you see walls falling down? No. Where's the miracle? In the sword. <laughs> Where's the miracle? Following God. Sometimes, by just being obedient, we may not see a miracle every time. Right. How often is it that we, uh, man, where's the miracle? Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. Where's the miracle? Right. But God worked a miracle. He won the battle for them, right? Yeah. How, did that, how did they win the battle? God won the battle. God won the battle. God fought the battle. Yeah. But sometimes that in that we want the visible miracle, right? We want the miracle that everyone can see. We want the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. Man, look at look at that miracle! Yeah, look how the wall came down. Yeah, but Joshua wasn't uh, standing by uh, for pictures and signing the autographs. He wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. He knew he was going to follow God. Regardless. That's right. So it wasn't nothing that he did. It's what God did through him. That's right. And that's why it's important that the message doesn't change. Whether it brings, whether it feels, whether you feel like it's bringing a miracle or not, that message still doesn't change. It can't change. Because the message is still the same. Ah, Where's the miracle? God's working. If we will just let him work. But sometimes we need to get out the way so God can work. Sometimes the miracle is listening to what God has to say. Hmm. What did Joshua do? He listened. He listened. What do we like to do? Do everything on our own. And not listen. Hmm. 
Do I ever get in God's way? Sure. Do I? <laughs> Come on. I am too. That's right. That's right. That's right. Why are you a walking miracle? All the stuff that he pulled me out of and said, yeah, I think I'm a, I, I want to save him. Don't ever forget that. Oh, trust me. He saved my soul. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. This song says, I walk in miracle. I talk in miracle. I, God saved me. I am a miracle. Uh, being where I'm at is a miracle. Being where you're at is a miracle. Not by the, but, but by the grace of God, you are where you're at. A miracle. Sometimes we want the big, but it's not always the big. God delivered them, but Joshua still had to do the work. Joshua still had to fight the battle. Joshua still had to go down there with his sword. Joshua still had to light the city on fire. God still had, he, he still had to do that. God, sometimes the miracles that God works is because of the work that we do and we need to continue to do even though it not. Where's the miracle at? Do you know how long it took Joshua to conquer the land from what I understand? Does anybody know? No. From what I understand, the study that I've done is that it took no less than five years. But I'm sorry, more, no more, no more than seven years, but no less than five years. So it took in between five to seven years for him to conquer the land. Now, how steadfast did he have to be? How much did he have to stick to God's plan for that to take place? Always. Well, man, it's not going like I ought to go. Well, it took five to seven years for him to conquer this land. It took a long time. Some, no, man, we want it now. When we get to McDonald's, we get upset because they don't have our French fries ready and we got to pull up and, and they say, well, it's coming. You'll have to wait. No, we want it now. Uh, sometimes the work of God and sometimes the miracles of God take time. And for God to work, we've got to work so God will work. <clears throat> it doesn't always happen on our timetable. It doesn't always happen like we think we ought to. And though we might see victories and though we might see uh, advances, ultimately it's all in God's plan, all in God's timing. And when God has said it's enough, it's enough. Since God invented time, it's His time. Is it? Do we, do we treat it like it's His time? No. Whose time is it? It's His, but we want it to be ours. What brought, what brought Joshua's success? What brought Joshua's success? Obedience, Obedience did. Yeah. Do you know what's going to bring us success? Obedience to who? God. Man? Government? Who? God. God. That's why it says obedience is better than sacrifice. See, Saul got himself into trouble and got him being rejected as king because he put sacrifice above obedience. Yeah. 
Well, if I just make this sacrifice, it's better than me being obedient. See, well, if I just do this, 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 it's better than doing exactly what God's called me to do. What's more important, doing what God wants you to do or doing what you want to do? As I've said this statement before, Satan wants you to do what you want to do as long as it's not what God wants you to do. Satan don't care what you do, just as long as it's not what God wants you to do. Yeah, he don't care if you come to church. He don't care if you attend church, just as long as you don't do what God's called you to do. That's right. He don't care if you read your Bible every day, just as long as you don't do what God wants you to do. Go against his plan. Go against God's plan. Go against God's word. Go against the things of God. That's what he cares about. What did Joshua do? He cared about being obedient. Why do you send a dog to, to obedient school? So to mind. Brother Blanky, did you have to send your dog to obedient school? No, I, I use a bell to her. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Blackie is the obedience school. Right. Does your dog does your dog mind you? Do what? Get away from his mom. <laughs> you know what? Do children always mind? No. Are you God's child? Yes. Do you always mind? No. What did it take? What does it take to Correct a child. Chastisement. Chastisement. Have you ever been chastised? As a kid growing up, man, I... Oh, you didn't get any whippings. <laughs> you asked my mama. I got some whoopings. That's why I'm... One of, one of my biggest whoopings I ever got was because I wouldn't leave my brother alone. We like to aggravate each other and pick on each other and mess with each other and fight with each other. Always. You know what I got whooping for? Messing with my brother. Picking on my brother. One of the biggest whoopings I, I, all the time because I wouldn't leave him alone. I remember the last whooping I got. I was 17 years old because I wouldn't quit fighting with my brother. Look, he's older than I am too, so he was... 19. But anyway, so ultimately, if you're God's child, then you're going to expect to have chastisement if you don't listen to God. But ultimately, what is that song that says trust and obey? The best thing that we can do is to trust and obey. Because there's no other way. There is no other way. If you don't trust and obey Christ, you will suffer the consequences for that. All right. Amen. Any thoughts or questions? Comments? The success of Joshua. Number one if you're taking note, is the success of Joshua. He had success because of his obedience. And everyone around him knew that he was obedient. Yep. They knew he was going to lose. Yep, they did. They did. Amen. Amen. Any other thoughts? Let's continue to read. Uh, verse number 14, And all the spoil of these cities 
And the cattle of the children of Israel took for a prey unto them, but every man they smote with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them, neither left they any breath. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua, and he left nothing. Read that next, for, that next phrase. He did nothing what? Undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. He didn't leave anything undone. What does that say about him? What was his checklist like? Joshua, you were told, and this is going from Moses. This is not what God told Joshua to do. This is coming from what Moses told Joshua to do. Moses has been gone a while. And God told Moses to do this, and Joshua did. He didn't leave anything undone anything undone. He had his checklist and he checked it all the way off. The success of Joshua was based on because he finished the work that God intended him to finish. Hmm. Verse 16. So Joshua took, now verse number 16 through 23 is the summary of what took place. Kind of just giving you a runaround of, of what all took place. Number two, uh, number one is the sex. Number two is the summary that takes place. Verse 16, so Joshua took all that land, the hills and all the south uh, country and all the land of Goshen and the valley and the, and the plain and the mountain of Israel and the valley of the same, even from the mount of Hakla and goeth to Seir, uh, even unto Begladah, and in the valley of Lebanon, under the mountain of Hermon, and all the kings he took, and smote them, and slew them. And Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. And there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all the others they took in the battle." Now, just so we can kind of give you a simple thought here in the summary, in verse number 16, you'll see three different things in this verse. Number one, you see a valley. The Bible says, so Joshua took all the lands and the hills of all the, all the, all the south country and all the land of, the, of Goshen and the valley. You know what? Sometimes Joshua took the promised land, didn't he? What is the promised land? A promised land is a picture of the victorious Christian life. The, hey, you want to live in the victorious Christian life? Hey, every one of us do. And in verse number 16 tells us that in that victorious Christian life, Joshua had to fight battles in where? The in the valley. See, there's going to come time in our victorious Christian life when we're walking and doing what God wants us to do and being obedient, and yet we're in the valley. And yet we're in a low point. And yet we're discouraged. And yet we're distraught. And yet we're down and out. There are times in our life we are not always on the upside. And even in the victorious Christian life, we have valleys. To stand here and tell you that there'll never be a bad time and they'll never have hard times, you'll never experience rough times in your life would be a lie. Because there are valleys in the promised land. But with those valleys, you'll also see, the Bible says, and the plain. See, even in the valley, there's valleys, but there's also plain. 
area too. So yes, we have our low points, but we also have plains. We have areas that it kind of levels out a little bit. Every everything that we experience in this life, if I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do, I will experience valleys. I will experience a plain. It doesn't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. I don't feel like I'm I'm going anywhere. Even though the results aren't there, if you're doing what God wants you to do, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Well, it's not getting me the results I need. I'm doing what God's asked me to do. I'm being faithful and doing exactly what God wants us to do. See, we have come to this mindset that numbers are important. And the numbers are a sign of success. We have in church. If you have a full house, then you must, be, you must have success. But I'm going to say this. That's not always the truth. Because there are a lot of places full of people that may not have success. Just because it's full doesn't mean that it's successful. Anybody have any thoughts? Questions? What's more important, being faithful? You see, in this text, he says there's a valley that he faced, there's the plain that he faced, and then also he says, and the mountain. Yes. What is it, songs? He's the God on the mountain. He's still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. Look, when we face the bad times, it's rough. But then when we get to the mountain, it man, we see God bless and we see the miracles of God. And so in our victorious Christian life, when we live and do what He wants, we'll have valleys, we'll have plains, but we'll also have mountaintops. Yes. And so, yes, I might be discouraged at some times and distraught at some times, but and I just need to be faithful and do what God's called me to do. And the mountain will come. And the victory will come. Bible says in verse number 18, Joshua made war a long time. A long time. That's a long time to fight. Five to seven years, that's a long time to battle. Five to seven years. That's a long time to fight. Now, now let's continue to read in verse number 20. Bible says, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. And at, 
At that time came Joshua and cut off the Ancanums uh, from the mountains from Hebron, from Deber, uh, from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah, and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. You'll notice in verse number 20, the Bible says, For it was of the Lord to harden, harden their hearts. In Romans 1, the Bible talks about the hardening of hearts and the, and the hardening that takes place when people reject God and live a, a godless lifestyle. But what takes place is this hardening. Yes, the hardening takes place, but it's not done by God. It's done by the individual who rejects God. These people rejected God, and because they rejected God, their hearts were hardened, much like King uh, or Pharaoh in Egypt. His heart was hardened. Hmm. But God still utterly destroyed the cities. Verse 22, there was none of the Ancoms left in the land of the children of Israel, and in Gaza, in Gath, and Ashdod, there remained. Now, so Joshua took the whole land. How much land did he take? All of it. How much land did he take that God wanted him to take? All of it. The whole land. Israel had all the land with Joshua. Hmm. See, if we give ourselves over to God and be obedient to God, he'll give us the whole land. He'll give us everything that we need. He'll give us everything, everything that we need. Let me read the rest of that verse. According to all the Lord said unto Moses and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes and the land rested from war. See, God gave Joshua that land because of his obedience and then after the war was over, the land rested from war. It's interesting to note that statement, whole. Israel was whole. It was complete. It was complete. God gave it to them because of Joshua's, Joshua's faithfulness. Joshua's obedience, Joshua's fighting to the end. Hmm. He conquered the north, he conquered the south, he conquered the central part of the, of the country with God's help. What areas of our life do we need help conquering? What areas of our life will we not let God help us conquer? Amen. All right, anybody have any thoughts or questions? Comments? Good. Amen. Anybody else? Gath is where uh, Goliath was from. I believe so. I believe that's right. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight.